Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. Amen. It's just good to be here. Amen. It's good to be here at, at RCF. And I want to say to, our, uh, to the RCF family, I want to say thank you so much, amen, for amen, what you did for my brother, amen, and what you're doing for the family, Pastor Katani, and the rest of the family. We want to say thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, my lovely wife is with me, Beverly. I know she could wave. It's dark out there. <laughs> you know, so amen. Uh, we are here. It's under different circumstances, but we were here, we are here, we are here. I had no plans to, to leave the Virgin Islands at this time, but nonetheless, God had something else in store. Amen? Amen. And so we are here. Amen. Amen. Let me see if I can share this word with you and get out of your way. Amen. As quickly as possible. Amen. If you will grab your Bibles, if you have it. Amen. Let's go to the book of 2 Kings chapter 8. Amen. The six verses. I'm, amen. I'm going to do my best to read it in your hearing this morning. Amen. And then we're going to see what God is saying uh, to us this morning. Second Kings uh, chapter 8. I want to read from verse number 1 <clears throat> down to verse number 6. There you find these words. It says, Elijah spoke to the woman whose son he had rose whom son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can, for the Lord has called for a famine. And furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God, and she went with her house and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned to the land, returned from the land of the Philistines. And she went to make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land. Then the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, please, all the great things Elijah has done. Now it happened. As he was telling the king how he had rose a dead to life, that there was a woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, my king, this is the woman, and this is her son whom Elijah restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer to her saying, Restore all that was hers and all that proceed, the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. Let's pray. Father, we want to bless you. And we say thank you for who you are. Awesome and majestic and holy and great you are. There's none like you. So God, as we look into your word, speak to your people, open their eyes, their ears, their spiritual understanding, so they can hear from you, have a greater understanding, a greater revelation of who you are. And so God, that they can walk closer with you, and they can lean more towards you, put more of their trust in you. For these things, I pray in Christ's name, amen. If you would allow me, but for a few moments, just to extract this thought from the text, that God is always on time. God is always on time. 
One of the saddest things for us in Christian Dome is that we live by too much cliches. Things that we hear people say that we don't even know where it came from and the truth and if there's any truth to it. One of the things that we hear them say oftentimes is this. God may not come when we want him, but he's always on time. Could I tell you all there's no truth to that? Can I just jack you up this morning? There's no truth to that. You see, because the God that we serve, he said this, that I'm a present help in the time of trouble. He said, I will never leave you, nor I forsake you. He said, call upon me, and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. God said all of those things for us. He says to us, even to the low, I am even with you to the end of the ages. So why would God say all of that to me and turn around and say that, guess what? I may not come when you want me, <laughs> but I'm always on time. That's, that's not God. That's our cliche. We made that up because you know why? We don't know how to recognize God when he shows up. We don't know how to see God working in our lives. And so when we're going through problems and troubles and situations and crises, we don't know how to see the present God and the present help of God at all times. You see, the God that we serve is a God of providence. He's a providential God. And let me tell you what it means to be providential because it's where we get the English word from or the Latin word from, which means pro and video. When we put them words together, we put that words together, it simply means to see ahead or to see before. So God, so God not only knows ahead of time what it is you're going to go through, but he plans out everything in advance for what you are going to go through. Romans 8:28 tells us that. You see, John 3.16 is one of the most famous verses. Everybody knows John 3.16 and they can quote it. But Romans 8.28 is one of the most loved verses. For we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and that are called according to his purpose. I want you to understand this, that the thing that you're going through and the problem that you are going through and the situation and the crisis that you're going through has the purpose of God attached to it. And since the purpose of God is attached to it, why would God leave you to go through that all by yourself and may not come when you want him to? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Because when you're going through, you want him. When you're going through, you need him. When you're going through a crisis, you, you need him. And you get to recognize when he shows up. You got to be able to see him working on your behalf. After all, he's a loving father. And why would a loving father care for his children in the midst of crisis? Come on, that's why so many of you are mad at God today. Because you can't see the loving hands of God. The providential hands of God moving and orchestrating and moving things around. And he has, he will, and he has already moved and put everything in place that you need. So when you come to the place of your devastation and your trouble, the thing is already there waiting on you. It's already there. The woman in our text, 
We have met her before. You met her in 2 Kings chapter 4. The Shudamite woman. The woman, the woman who took care of Elijah, who fed him. The woman who recognized that he was a man of God. The woman, the woman who said to her husband, I perceive that this is the man of God. Can I build him a room so that when he comes, he can rest, he can stay there? Her husband gave her permission to do that. She built the room. But Elijah wanted to bless her. He wanted to give back to her. So he asked his servant, what can I do for her? As a matter of fact, he had Gehazi call her, and she asked her, do you want to meet the king? Do you want to meet the commander? She said, no, I'm a, people that do, I'm a person that dwells among my people. Gehazi, Elijah then asked Gehazi, what is this we can do for her? Pay attention to the text. Next time you read it, Gehazi says, she has no son, and her husband is old. That's critical for you to understand. Elijah calls her into the room and says to her, by this time next year, you're going to have a son. She says, my Lord, did I tell you I want anything? Did I tell you I want a son? But nonetheless, she had a son according to the word that Elijah had spoken. The Bible will say that one day the son was out in the field with the father. And all of a sudden he had this terrible headache. She, and he sends him to his mother and his mother picks him up and put her on her knees and he sat there until he died. She took him to the room she had built for Elijah, laid him on the bed and then said to her husband, give me a servant. And they sat up a mule in a cart and she said to him, you drive this thing. Don't let up on it until I tell you to or unless I tell you to. Gehazi saw her, or Elijah sees her coming and send Gehazi out to her to ask her a question, is it well? Listen to her answer, it is well. See, when you know God, you're going to know it is well. So she comes into Gehazi's presence, and I mean, into Elijah's presence, and Elijah asks her, is it well? And she said, my Lord, it is well. It is well. And then she says to Elijah, I am not going to leave here until you come back home with me and deal with this situation. Y'all know the narrative. Elijah goes with her, lays upon her, gets up, walk around, lays upon the sun, gets up and then walk around the room, lay back upon the sun, and the Bible says that the little boy sneezed. Elijah then calls her into the room and says, here he is. We run into this woman again in chapter 8 here of verse number 1. The text will say to us that Elijah said to her that there's a famine coming in the land. If you read chapter 4 verse 38, you'll find that Elijah, the Bible will say that there was a famine in the land. He tells her that there's a famine coming. He tells her to pack up her stuff and to go and to leave this place and go live wherever you can. As a matter of fact, he told her that the famine was going to last for seven years. For seven years, she dwelled among the Philistines. At the end of seven years, she's coming home. That's where she runs into her problem. That's where God was already at work. God knew that at the end of seven years, she was coming back. God knew that at the end of seven years, some circumstances and situation would have occurred in her life. 
And so she's coming back. She is coming home. She's coming back to her household. And there, as she comes home, she has run into some problems. Some problems. Some problems that God had already worked out the details of it for. It was already in place. The text does not mention God. The text does not say that the Lord said the text does not even use God, but in the text we can see the hands of God already at work to restore to this woman what it is she had lost. And some of us can't see God to get God to restore the things that we have lost, the things that God has taken away from us. See, some of us can't even recognize God because, you see, when God is moving on our behalf and we run into certain situations, we look at the thing as a coincidence. We look at it as luck. But we don't see it as the providential hand of God that God had already put this person here. So whenever you are going through what you're going through and you come into the presence of somebody, hello my God, God has already placed them here to help you through your crisis, to help you through your situation, my God. But here's what we do when we come in the presence of God. We could be down, we could be tore up, we could be jacked up, we could be messed up, and we come into the presence of God and the person who God has already appointed to assist you, the person who God has already appointed to help you, the person who God has already appointed to aid you through your crisis, when they ask you what's going on, here is what you say, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. You want people to think that you are some supernatural Christian. Hello. That you are some Wonder Woman Superman of God. You don't want to tell nobody about your problems. You don't want to tell nobody about your crisis. You don't want to tell nobody about your mess. And God has already placed your help. Has already placed your help for you. You walk into the office looking for a job and the person was your childhood friend. That's not a coincidence. That's not luck. That's God. Hello, my God. You walk into the bank to get some financial help, and the bank manager, hello, was your classmate. That's not a coincidence. That's not no luck. My God, God knows what you need. And if God will supply your need according to his riches and glory, he knows how to put things in place for you way before you even get there. Somebody needs to say, my blessings waiting on me. Yes, yeah, waiting on you. It's waiting on you. But too often time you don't see as God. So you look at the thing as, wow, I was lucky. Wow, what a coincidence it is. No, it's the sovereignty of God at work. It's the providential hands of God at work in your life. Putting everything you need in place for you. Because he loves you. Let's look at this woman real quick. She comes home. The text does not mention her husband, which would suggest to me that her husband is dead. Think about why the son was restored. I want you to think about it. Her husband is dead. 
she comes home to her first problem. She has no husband. She makes up in her mind that she is going to go before the king. To ask for what was hers, the land. No husband. And, and while she makes up in her mind to go before the king, I'm almost done, I'm not going to be here long. <laughs> while she makes up in her mind to go before the king, the Bible says that the king is talking to Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, asking, asking Gehazi to tell him all the great things that the man of God had done. That's not a coincidence. That's God at work. That's God putting Gehazi in place because God knows that this woman needs his help. God knows that this woman needs her land to be restored. God knows what you have need of way before you can even ask or think about it. God knows how to supply your need according to his riches and glory. So he puts Gehazi in place. Could I just tell you a little bit about Gehazi? Because I wondered, why was Gehazi there in the first place? I understand God put him there. But Gehazi... In chapter 5, if you, read, if you ever read your Bible, became a leopard because of what he did. He lied to Nahum about Elijah saying that some servant or some students of him came and they needed some clothes and money for him. And so Elijah said, no, from this day forward, you are going to be a leopard. So I wonder why was Gehazi there? Because he would have to do social distancing. Hello. He would have to wear a mask. Hello. He couldn't be up in the presence of the king. So I began to wonder, why was Gehazi there? And I began to look and I began to see what, every, what all other commentarians would say about it. They said perhaps this narrative happened before Gehazi became a leopard. They didn't have no proof of it. Could I just give you a probability real quick? If you read chapter 7, you'll find that there is a famine in chapter 6. Another famine. A seizure. The Syrians had seized the children of Israel. And there were four lepers in chapter 7 standing outside the gate. And they made up in their mind, if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go into the city, we're going to die. If we give our hands to the Syrians, we may live or we may die. So they made up in their mind that they're going to give themselves over to the Syrians. I tend to think that one of the lepers was Gehazi. Why would you say that, Pastor John? Because when they went down to the enemy camp and God had routed the enemy, and hello, somebody, Hello. And they came and they began to take the silver and the gold and the clothing and they began to hit it. One of the leopards says, we can't do this thing. Hello. As a matter of fact, he said, this is good news. And if we hide this thing from the city, then something worse is going to happen to us. Some punishment will come upon us. And why do I say I believe the leopard, one of the leopards was Gehazi? Because Gehazi will remember the punishment of God and him for lying. So therefore he will say, we can't do this. 
So there's a probability that now Gehazi is standing before the king, healed, because he was no longer greedy, but willing to share the blessings with the city. And he's standing there before the king. And the king began to ask him these questions. And he said, there is a time that Elijah rose a young boy to life. He restored his life. Read the text. As he's saying that, the Bible says the woman comes in. As he's telling what it is Elijah did. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed a great place to shout. That the woman walked in the room. My God. As he's sharing what God had done through Elijah for this woman's life. Here she comes right. Y'all got to understand because you see when people are saying something. Uh, right at the moment that when they're saying God causes you to walk right into the room. And the person said that's the person I was talking about. Oh my God, y'all missed it, y'all missed it, y'all missed it, y'all missed it, y'all missed it right there. She walks in the room and the conversation now changes. The Gehazi would say, my Lord, my King, this is the woman. This, y'all gotta understand how God works. This is the woman. This, this, this is the woman I'm talking about. This is the boy that I'm mentioning. This is the one whose son Elijah restored to life. The king looks at her, turns to her, and asks her, is it truth? She says, yes, my lord, I am the one, and this is the boy. The text would say, I'm out of your hair. The text would say that the king appointed an official, watch this now, not only to give her back her land, <clears throat> hello, not only to give her back what she had lost, not only to give her back either what the king took or somebody had actually illegitimately stolen her property and moved into it, not only to give her back those things, because you see, when God's about to restore you, God does not just give you back what it is you lost. God gives you back what you lost and even more. My God. My, my God. Because she, she's the woman. The boy is still young. And so, and so, and so, and so, she, he says, give her back the land. And give her back everything. All the proceeds. Now watch this now. She was gone for seven years. For seven years, she did not work the land. For seven years, she did not cultivate the land. For seven years, she made no resources after land. She didn't have a lease on the land, my God. The person on the land did not owe her anything. It was confiscated because the figure she had abandoned it, she left and she walked away. For seven years, it was gone. And the king said, don't only give her back her land, but give her back all the money that the land made. My God, my God. Give her back everything that the enemy has stolen from her. Give her back everything and even more. Give her back everything. Watch this now. From the time she left to now. 
from the time that God brought her back home, from the time that she spent it in the presence of the king. And I'll stop by to tell you this morning, just for a little while, you got to recognize when God is moving in your life and when God is working in your life and when God is doing awesome things in your life and when God is restoring to you. All that you have ever lost. Some of you sitting up here wondering, God, when will my time come? Your time has been. Wondering, God, when is my turn? Your turn is already here. You just got to be willing to walk into the room. There's some places that you say, I ain't going to never go. But maybe that's just the place that God has your stuff. Hello. Maybe there's some people that you don't say, I'm going to never talk to again. Maybe that is the person who God has to bless you immensely. Hello. There's some jobs that you're trying to say, I'm going to never work. But maybe that's the place you might become the owner of the company. Because the providential hand of God is already at work in there, putting everything in place because he works everything out after the counsel of his will. And he works all things out for the good of them who love him. You see, while you are sitting here, God knows what's going to happen next in your life. And since God already knows what's going to happen next in your life, God is like, it's like, it's like a piece of puzzle. He's just moving. This piece goes here. This piece goes here. This piece goes here. I know she can run into this. This piece goes here. I know they're going to get a divorce, but this piece goes right here. I know the job is going to lay them off, but this piece goes right here. Come on. I know, I know that I have some problems in their life, but this piece goes here and this piece goes here and, and this piece goes here. And while you are laying on your bed crying, God's putting all the pieces in place for you so that when the fullness of time comes, you can walk right into what God has for you. The God that we serve is always the untimed God. Let me jack you up one more time. It isn't God coming to you. God already came to you. Some over 2,000 years ago. Through his son, Jesus Christ. He already came. Your sin debt is already paid for. As a matter of fact, watch God. Your mansion is already prepared. Watch Jesus. In my father's house, were many mansions. If it were not so, I won't lie to you. For I go to prepare a place for you. So where I am, there you're going to be. It's already prepared for you. Eternity is already yours. Heaven is already yours. It's already, it's already yours. So it isn't God coming to us. It's us coming to where God is. It's for us to recognize where God is and come into the thing that God has for us, to come into the life and to the purpose that God has for us, to come into the blessing that God has for you, to come into the fullness of the thing that God wants to give to you, to you. It's already there. It's been there waiting on you. 
for all of his promises in him is yes and amen. So God will and God has already prepared for you all things. It's prepared. It's there. You have to recognize it and you have to move towards what God has for you. As you go through your day, say, God, bring me in the center of your will for my life. Bring me to the place, God, for the thing that you have for me. Thank you for my blessing for today. Because here's what he says. Here's what he says. A couple of minutes to Pastor Shanta. Here's what he says. He says, you don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will take care of itself. <laughs> Pastor Derek, I don't need to worry about tomorrow. I can't do nothing about tomorrow. Oh my God. But tomorrow has everything I need in it. And everything I need for tomorrow is waiting on me to get into my tomorrow. So when I wake up, if I wake up by his grace, then tomorrow my provision is there. My, 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 my God. Tomorrow his grace is there. Come on, come on, some, come, come on, come on, somebody. Tomorrow his righteousness is there. Tomorrow his mercy is there. Tomorrow his kindness is there. Tomorrow his compassion is there. And none of these things fail not. They are waiting on me to come into my tomorrow. It's already there. So, so do me a favor. Stop saying. He may not come. When I want him to. But he's always in time. Stop saying that. Just say, God, you are God of time. <laughs> and before the foundation of the earth, you put my salvation in place. And I came into Christ Jesus and was saved. Say, God, thank you for my provisions for tomorrow. Thank you that you've already orchestrated everything I need to get through the day. Because you're God that's always on time and a present help in the time of my trouble. Father, we bless you. And God, we glorify you. We just worship you for who you are. Majestic and holy and awesome. God, when I don't know what tomorrow holds, I know the God who holds tomorrow. When I don't know what the next minute holds, you've already put my next minute in place. So I thank you, Father God, that you love us so much, that you care for us so much, that you have done all things well for us. So thank you for what you have done. In Jesus' name, amen.